Florida Matters is supported by WUSF members just like you. Your donation of $5 or $25 will help ensure public radio thrives. And thanks to Candy Olson, an additional $50 will be added to your donation. Visit WUSF.org match to maximize your gift today. This is Florida Matters. I'm Steve Newborn. Governor Ron DeSantis has given his annual State of the State Address, setting the tone for the new legislative session in Tallahassee. It's considered both a warm-up pitch for his priorities the governor would like to see addressed and a look back at some of their accomplishments of the past year. Now, the state is flush with cash, much of it courtesy of the Democrats who control Congress, but you didn't hear that from our Republican governor. And there was plenty of red meat thrown to feed his conservative base, just maybe with an eye towards getting a second term in the governor's mansion in November, and maybe even beyond. So let's sink our teeth into what the governor said with our longtime contributor, veteran political journalist William March. Welcome to Florida Matters. Oh, hi. Thanks, Steve. All right, William. Uh, just general first thoughts and impressions from this address and, you know, anything that really struck you at all? Well, I guess what struck me was that, that DeSantis, he was expected to hit hot-button culture war-type issues, and he hit them even harder than I expected. The full laundry list, abortion, gun rights, uh, opposition to COVID protection mandates, uh, attacks on the Biden administration, you name it, it was on his list. Now, right after the uh, the State of the State completed, uh, State Senator Chevron Jones of South Florida, Democrat, tweeted, this is my 10th year in the legislature, and this state of the state address was the most divisive piece of rhetoric that I have ever sat through. Is that just a little Democratic warmongering going on, or do you believe that he's onto something there at all? Well, I don't know if, if it's justified in calling it the most divisive he's ever sat through, because he sat through like 10 state of the state addresses, but it definitely would be up there. Uh, as I said, DeSantis started off with one of the, the top red meat issues that has elevated his political profile, and that is his attacks on uh, mandates for COVID protections and his attacks on the Biden administration over such mandates. That w those were the first words out of his mouth, uh, including an attack on Anthony Fauci. And he went on from there to hit pretty much the laundry list. And I guess that's what motivated Chevron Jones's comment. Yeah, it's interesting, the, uh, the comment on Anthony Fauci. Uh, he said, blind adherence to Faucian declarations, which is, I think, the first time many of us have heard, heard the word Faucian, and we reject the biomedical security state. And the other one that I really marked here was he called it reckless, politically motivated school closures. So, you know, there is nothing new here from the governor. We've been hearing this all along, right? This, he's not on a different path here with the speech at all. No. Uh, these are the issues that have helped elevate his national profile in anticipation of his widely expected 2024 run for president. Yeah, let's uh, run a clip of, uh, of some of that we were just talking to right off the bat from when he started his speech. Together, we have made Florida the freest state in these United States.
While so many around the country have consigned the people's rights to the graveyard, Florida has stood as freedom's vanguard. In Florida, we have protected the right of our citizens to earn a living, provided our businesses with the ability to prosper, fought back against unconstitutional federal mandates, and ensured our kids have the opportunity to thrive. Florida has become the escape hatch for those chafing under authoritarian, arbitrary, and seemingly never-ending mandates and restrictions. Even today, across the nation, we see students denied an education due to reckless, politically motivated school closures, workers denied employment due to heavy-handed mandates, and Americans denied freedoms due to a coercive biomedical apparatus. These unprecedented policies have been as ineffective as they have been destructive. They are grounded more in blind adherence to Faucian declarations than they are in the constitutional traditions that are the foundation of free nations. Florida is a free state. reject the biomedical security state that curtails liberty, ruins livelihoods, and divides our society. And we will protect the rights of individuals to live their lives free from the yoke of restrictions and mandates. Florida has stood strong as the rock of freedom, and it is upon this rock that we must build Florida's future. All right, that was Governor Ron DeSantis in his State of the State Address. Now, the Democrats in their response claim the governor is stoking the culture wars with solutions that are basically looking for a problem. Critical race theory, for one, is not taught in Florida schools, and his his bid for a new law enforcement arm that would investigate election fraud, you know, we, no election fraud was found last year, very little. Democrats say he's ignoring the concerns of ordinary people struggling to make ends meet amidst all the rising costs of housing, living, health care, and all that. We really didn't hear much in the way of specifics about those issues, did we? No, there was nothing about uh, affordable housing in the speech, and that's one of the most critical problems facing Florida right now. It's, a, it's obviously a major problem in the Tampa Bay area. And instead, we heard about critical race theory, which isn't taught in Florida. As far as anybody knows, we haven't seen what legislation, we haven't yet seen the legislation the governor intends to propose to ban critical race theory. In his news release a couple of months ago, talking about this initiative, he cited numerous examples of critical race theory, all of them from states other than Florida. That news release didn't specifically define critical race theory in his speech today. It was, he said it was anything that, that teaches students to hate their country or to hate each other. Um, and I don't know of, uh, and he didn't give any examples of anything like that actually happening in Florida. Well, it's interesting. A lot of uh, what you mentioned here regards other states, things that are happening in other states that he is, he says he's trying to prevent happening from here. Uh, immigration was one of them. Uh, there's a, a move to 
penalize companies that provide any kind of transportation to uh, illegal immigrants, migrants, whatever you want to call them, uh, coming over uh, from the border to the state. Um, is, is there a real thirst for that uh, among the legislators, the, the lawmakers, to address at all? Or is this just kind of maybe just electioneering we're hearing? It's going to get into a kind of a thorny issue for the lawmakers, especially if you start talking about penalizing private businesses. That that could get some of their business and industry backers alarmed. Uh, there's also a very complicated question about how to handle nonprofit organizations that take care of illegal immigrant minors uh, and in some cases house them until they're placed with sponsors or with or with families that are already here. Uh, that's going to be difficult for the lawmakers to handle. But again, illegal immigration and it has been one of the, the issues that, that Ron DeSantis has highlighted in elevating his national profile, he, he even spent, um, I think it's a bit under $2 million to send Florida law officers to the Texas border, uh, a move that Democrats criticized as just showboating, unnecessary showboating. Well, another one of those hot-button topics is abortion. Uh, a bill was filed on the first day of the session that mimics uh, the Texas law that effectively stopped most abortions in that state. Uh, let's run this bite from the state of the state that he addressed on that. Finally, we have an opportunity to strengthen protections for the right to life itself, without which the other rights mean little. Protecting life does not end with the unborn, must also include efforts to promote adoption and foster care so that all Floridians have a fair chance in life. Florida has 4,000 more licensed caregivers than we did in 2019. And I'm proposing additional funds to foster parents in next year's budget. So, Wendy, he, he kind of brought up the abortion reference but didn't really go into it much. So is he kind of triangulating, you think, maybe for not to give maybe his Democratic opponents too much ammunition? Well, abortion, if, if the, the potential... Um, uh, abolition of the Roe versus Wade decision, other restrictions on abortion that, that render it essentially illegal. That's an issue that could very substantially energize Democrats. And what you heard Ron DeSantis say in, in his speech in a, in a short segment on abortion, he wants to strengthen the right to life, but he talked about adoption and about foster care and not about any new restrictions on abortion. Uh, now, there is, as you, as you noted, there are new abortion restrictions filed in legislation uh, for this coming session. DeSantis didn't specifically mention or back any of them. The Texas bill has been a major controversy nationwide, and at least one important legislator, uh, Naples State Senator Kathleen Pasadomo, uh, who is in line, she's the next, she will be the next state Senate president, opposes that approach, even though she's uh, anti-abortion. Uh, but she opposes the Texas vigilante-style approach. Uh, so it seems unlikely that such a bill could pass uh, over her opposition, given, given the, uh, the weight and the power that legislative leaders, that the leadership has in the Florida legislature. 
you know, that vigilante uh, that you just mentioned, that's kind of allowing uh, anybody to sue anybody who performs an abortion or aids and abets somebody getting an abortion. So it, it's a very broad law that puts the law in the hands of ordinary citizens. Right. That's the aspect of it that, as I understand it, Pasadomo opposes. Uh, another issue that he talked about was uh, creating a whole new law enforcement arm that would investigate election fraud. Um, this comes with a price tag estimated at about $6 million, and it would have uh, a lot of law enforcement officers would be uh, dedicated to this, even though there's no widespread evidence, at least in the last election, of, of any kind of voter fraud here in, in the state. You think this has a chance of becoming law at all? I absolutely think it has a chance of becoming law. The DeSantis is in, is in an unusually powerful position heading into this legislative session because of his national prominence and his popularity in Florida. And you've seen a lot of comments from Republican legislative leaders heading into this session about, uh, about how he is likely to be able to get whatever he wants from the legislature. The session is going to be about his agenda. So yes, I think it's entirely likely it will pass. Now, of course, elections officials statewide of both parties, both Republicans and Democrats, have said this is unnecessary, that it's a solution in search of a problem. Uh, I don't think that will stop the legislature from going along with the governor on it. Do you, do you think that the governor being engaged in a um, you know, fairly strong race for governor, he's, his position is, is, has probably never been stronger. He's got a couple of interesting opponents on the Democratic side, uh, you know, former Governor Charlie Crist and Agriculture Secretary uh, Nikki Freed among them. Do you think that this race puts him in a stronger or maybe a weaker position when it comes to trying to push his priorities through the legislature this year? Well, what um, I think Republicans don't want to lose the governorship. So they are, for one thing, not going to do anything to that would weaken his position in the public eye. Defeating top priorities of his would, would weaken him, and I think they're going to want to avoid that. But I think that the Republicans are all pretty confident that he'll win re-election, and that also uh, is another reason, putting him in a strong political position, is another reason they don't want to antagonize a governor who they think is pretty sure to get re-elected. Now, I want to run another soundbite here uh, where he may, is probably his biggest applause line of the entire speech was when he said Florida is a law and order state. Let's listen to that. Florida is a law and order state. We will not allow law enforcement to be defunded, bail to be eliminated, criminals to be prematurely released from prison, or prosecutors to ignore the law. <laughs> I've never seen someone jump to their feet as quick as the Attorney General just did when I talked about soft on crime prosecutors. The fact is these soft on crime policies have been tried in communities throughout the country to disastrous results. 
Crime has skyrocketed. Morale for police officers has plummeted, and the quality of life in some of our cities has been destroyed. We in Florida have stood by the men and women of law enforcement. Not only do we reject defunding law enforcement, we enacted $1,000 bonuses for every single sworn law enforcement firefighter and EMT in the entire state of Florida. And I'm asking the legislature to re-up these bonuses for another year. They all deserve it. Serving in law enforcement is a noble calling. And we will not allow our officers to be smeared by reckless politicians or corporate media. My proposals to increase pay for state law enforcement by up to 25% and to provide $5,000 signing bonuses to law enforcement personnel who either transfer to or begin their careers in Florida will spark a tidal wave of qualified professionals seeking employment at agencies throughout our state. All right. He, he went into, the governor went into uh, defunding law enforcement, uh, eliminating bail, some of the issues that really have not been brought up here in Florida. Again, these are more national issues. Um, do, do you think that the, the hard on crime tack that he's taking in this speech is probably one that will garner him a lot of votes in November? Well, again, it's just another issue that's calculated to solidify his support among Republican-based voters. Uh, he said we're not going to defund the police. Uh, nobody in Florida really is trying to. What he said, what his, his actual concrete proposals uh, were another round of bonuses uh, for law enforcement officers uh, and attempts to recruit law enforcement officers from other cities, other states, to come to Florida. But in terms of something like defunding the police, nobody's been trying to do that in Florida. So I think, the, I think that DeSantis, again, was hitting on that because it's, a, it's an idea that, that will appeal to a national base as well as to his own, his own Florida base. We're talking about the governor's State of the State Address with veteran political journalist William March. We'll be right back after this short break. Welcome back to Florida Matters. I'm Steve Newborn. We're talking about the governor's State of the State Address with political journalist William March. All right, William, I'd like to ask you if there are any particular uh, bills or issues that Floridians should be paying particular attention to uh, during this session. Well, uh, there are a lot of them, depending on what your interests are. Now, there are new restrictions on abortion that have been proposed. Uh, a heartbeat bill has been proposed. You mentioned a Texas-style uh, vigilante enforcement bill. There are new protections for on guns, including, as I understand it, uh, a bill to allow open carry in Florida and a bill to allow guns on college campuses. How likely those are to pass? I can't really say. Again, they're the kind of thing that could energize Democrats. Republicans might be cautious about passing them. I think one thing that's important for a lot of people is to watch anything that's done in the area of affordable housing. The governor didn't mention that subject in his speech today, but it's, it's a critical situation for much of the state, particularly southeast Florida, but, but also Tampa and St. Petersburg. Uh, both are facing 
problems with workforce housing, severe enough so that the, the city councils have actually discussed rent control. Uh, so those are at, at least three areas where I think people ought to be watching. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, St. Petersburg City Council in particular uh, is, is poised to discuss rent control. I believe there is a, some kind of a, a state law that prevents municipalities from mandating rent control unless there is a quote-unquote emergency. Probably it boils down to what an emergency is. You know, we've had reports very recently about how much the cost of rent has gone through the roof. Uh, in the Tampa Bay area, it is now cheaper to buy, to buy a home if you can afford to put a down payment on than to actually rent. It, it's come that far. This kind of issue makes a lot of waves on the local scene. But do we think anything might happen on a statewide basis? Well, the state has a fund, a trust fund, the Sadowski Fund, that's dedicated to providing affordable housing. Now, until last year, the legislature, every single year for a decade, had taken all the money out of it and used it for other purposes, balancing budgets and tax cuts and so on. Last year, for the first time in a decade, they did not do that. They left the money for its intended purpose, which is to help foster affordable housing. And Governor DeSantis has said that he will, in addition to that money, he'll ask for another $40 million, all of which affordable housing advocates would say and have said are great steps in the right direction. Uh, the problem is that the need for affordable housing has grown so large that advocates say that this money, even though it's substantial, is no more than a drop in the bucket compared to the need. Uh, also, the uh, Sadowski Fund programs provide more help for those who are buying homes than for those who are renting them. Uh, and rents, increasing rents, as you pointed out, are really at the heart of the problem in Florida. Well, look, going to the environment, the governor did mention some environmental issues that are being addressed. Uh, particularly what's been in the news lately are the deaths of uh, over a thousand manatees uh, record for the state last year with the, uh, the pollution in particularly the Indian River Lagoon killing off the seagrass over there. And there are some proposals that would increase the amount of money for things like seawalls, raising roads, that sort of thing in, as far as sea level rise and, and climate change is concerned. But nothing on the the aspect of actually addressing the core problem that happens. Not much. We didn't hear much about, you know, electric cars, solar power, things that would decrease carbon. Um, probably nothing new in that regard. No. The, um, the governor mentioned the progress that's been made on a lot of Everglades revitalization efforts, which any environmentalist would applaud. He mentioned, as you said, sustainability efforts building seawalls. He mentioned money for research on water pollution. He mentioned nothing, however, about anything to actually prevent the pollution from going into the water. The manatees are dying because their main food, seagrass, is being smothered by polluted water, particularly over on the East Coast, the Indian River Lagoon and places like that. Uh, it's known where the pollution, where that pollution is coming from. It's coming from urban runoff. It's coming from leaking septic tanks. 
uh, and it's coming from uh, from agriculture. Now there there is money uh, in Governor DeSantis's budget proposal, as I understand it, uh, to to work on the septic tank issue. Uh, but again, it's only a very tiny fraction of what folks say is the need to try to solve the problems uh, in the Indian River Lagoon and elsewhere. All right, let's listen to what the governor had to say about the environmental issues. We Floridians are heirs to a unique environment that makes our state the envy of the nation for fishing, boating, and other outdoor activities. Three years ago, we promised bold action to safeguard Florida's natural resources, to improve water quality, and to restore the Everglades. And with the support of the legislature, especially the support of Speaker of the House Chris Sprouls and Senate President Wilton Simpson, we have secured historic funding to support these efforts. Since January of 2019, 42 Everglades restoration projects have broken ground, hit a major milestone, or finished construction. Record. Record funding has gone to conduct research and secure technologies to mitigate blue-green algae and red tide. And the state has now dedicated streams of revenue to promote coastal resiliency and water quality improvements. We've even made enormous strides in removing invasive Burmese pythons from the Everglades. In the gallery today is actually our reigning python king, Charlie Docton. Where are you at? Stand up. Now, the previous year's winner netted nine pythons. Charlie caught a whopping 41 pythons in our latest statewide contest. <laughs> we resolved to leave our unique natural inheritance to God better than we found it, and we are fulfilling that pledge. William, so, so, you know, very generally, I'd just like to get your, your feeling for uh, the tone of his speech, uh, whether you think anything, any surprises in this at all, and whether you think he's probably going to get most of his proposals passed in the legislature this year. Well, again, the tone of his speech was highly political. He's, it's an election year. He's running for re-election as governor. And pretty much everybody assumes that he's also laying the groundwork for a 2024 run for president. And the speech was very much a campaign speech for both of those two political objectives. All right. Just going into 2022, we've got a big election coming coming up. Uh, what do you think about his chances? He's in a pretty strong position right now, isn't he? He's in a very strong position right now. Uh, he is raising astronomical amounts of money. The last I checked, and it's probably greater than this by now, he was in the vicinity of $70 million dollars. The, I think it's interesting. This was true as of a month ago. It may not be true right now, but as, at least as of a month ago, one single donor, a Chicago hedge fund billionaire, had given DeSantis more money 
than all three of the prominent Democrats running against DeSantis had raised in total. Uh, he will be heavily funded. He's looking good in polls. He's going to be a very tough, a very tough candidate to beat. All right. Veteran political journalist William March, thank you, as always, for your insights and uh, appreciate you being here. Glad to be here, Steve. And that's it for today's show. Our thanks to William March and our producer, Denora Prevost, as well as our engineer, George Goldman. I'm Steve Newborn. We'll catch you on the next edition of Florida Matters next week.